Welcome back to Sports Crutch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo. Merry Christmas, everybody. And there are only two weeks left to go in the 2017 NFL season, and the playoff picture is quickly coming together. Despite the relative lack of appeal regarding the matchups this weekend, a lot of playoff seeds could be locked up after Monday. And to break it all down for us, we once again would like to welcome back our good friend Hal Bent, the NFL and Patriots writer for Cover32.com, MusketFire.com, and Scout Media to the program. What's up, Hal? How you doing? I'm doing great, David. What a great weekend of football we just got through. And uh, looking forward to the stretch run here, as you said, with the playoffs. So much going on. Yes, hopefully those dramatic finishes we witnessed last night are a precursor of what's to come these next two weeks and in the playoffs. And uh, speaking of which, what were your big takeaways from Week 15? Well, Week 15, um, I think most fans are still confused what a catch is. Um, yes. We got to see <laughs> We got to see another fumble through the end zone, um, turnover, decide a football game. Um, beyond that, it's great to see Jacksonville back into the playoff picture. Jimmy Garoppolo continuing his magic and Aaron Donald staking his claim for the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Absolutely. And Aaron Donald could very well um, help the Rams to their first division title since 2003, I believe. So that is uh, uh, one of the big things to watch for this weekend. And you also mentioned a catch. Yes, uh, the the Jesse James touchdown that wasn't in that, uh, dare I say, epic matchup between the Steelers and Patriots that was uh, last weekend, uh, it was the right call on a bad rule. What do you think? I couldn't agree more. I looked at that. I said, that's a catch, you know, um, and my mind immediately went to, do the Patriots have a way to block the extra point and then go down and kick a field goal in the next 30 seconds? That's all I was thinking of. It wasn't even up for debate. I think even the announcing team, Tony Romo, it took him a while to say, wait a minute, are they looking to see if the ball moved? I mean, at this point, if they want that to be so cut and dried, just say if the ball hits the ground, it's incomplete. If the receiver catches the ball and keeps it off the ground, it's complete. Because right now, it's just too difficult for anybody watching the game, and that's taking away from the enjoyment of watching the game. It is. The NFL is going to have to clarify its catch rule on what is a catch and what is it. That was the basic Calvin Johnson rule we witnessed, that you have to maintain control of the ball going to the ground, and Jesse James did not. Um, but you, but that rule, I think, it was. A, I thought it was a lame rule in 2010. I think it's a lame rule now. They have to change it, and that's all there is to it. And uh, moving right along here, uh, the race for the two wildcard seeds in both the AFC and NFC is shaping up to be very interesting. As of now, who do you think will be the wildcard seeds in the AFC? Um, I'm still going to go with Baltimore. And, you know, if Tennessee can hold on, um, they should be able to, with their schedule, Tennessee, hang on to one uh, of those spots. I'm not well, so it's... sure. I'm not so sure with Tennessee. They have to play the Rams this week and Jacksonville the following week, both at home, but uh, both games are not going to be easy. No, not at all. I mean, um, Jacksonville, I think they're hoping being at home, Jacksonville having a seed, hopefully locked in at the number three is what Tennessee will be hoping for and Jacksonville resting some starters possibly, but division games, you never know. And like you said, the Rams, that's not a, that's not a gimme win, 
but they still have Baltimore behind them, Buffalo behind them. Buffalo has to play on the road the last two weeks in New England, in Miami. So no guarantees there for the Bills uh, coming down the stretch as well. Yes, and also uh, I still wouldn't count out the Chargers because they play the Jets this weekend at MetLife and return home to play the Raiders to conclude the regular season. And if the Titans lose those two games, which remains a possibility, don't get me wrong, it remains a possibility. If the Chargers win out, the Chargers will be in the playoffs and the Titans will not. Yeah, I mean, this is great with so many teams. You know, you, you're basically trying to cram five teams into those two wild card spots. It, it's, it's turning out to be a fantastic finish and even better in the NFC where oh. right now, oh my gosh, right now Atlanta's got the inside track, but that could last just one week. It, it, it very well could only last one week. If you look at how the Falcons have to conclude the year, they have to play at New Orleans this Sunday. We're going to talk about that game in a little bit. And they return home to conclude the season against the Carolina Panthers. And it, 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 it arguably the best division football, the Atlanta Falcons, I'm not as confident as some of the betting markets are about them making the playoffs. Uh, I think uh, the fifth seed will be either Carolina or New Orleans, whoever comes in second in that division. And the Falcons are being pushed by the Lions, who, the uh, the Cowboys and Seahawks, and the Cowboys-Seahawks play each other. They are, uh, it's going to be even more interesting in the NFC, as you said, and we will talk about that as we get to those games, and we're going to talk about those games now, starting with the Falcons and Saints. And what do you think is the most important thing the Falcons have to do in order to win this game? Uh, for the Falcons, against the Saints, what they have to do is stop the run. Um, Alvin Kamara was knocked out with a concussion early in that game last time. Atlanta barely held on for the win there. A full-strength New Orleans offense is going to be much more difficult. They have to get their defense off the field. Or it could be, even if they jump out to a lead, you could be looking at a replay of the Super Bowl last year where that defense gets worn down in the second half. Um, maybe not so much with the pass, but with those uh, dynamic running backs in New Orleans. Yes, and I think what they're going to have to do almost as well, aside from stopping the run, is keep that Saints off the field and run the ball. Devontae Freeman uh, had a great game uh, on Monday night, and the fact that they weren't as persistent as they should have been in the run game was shocking to me. Uh, they should have put that game on ice by uh, feeding the rock to Freeman more often than they did. And uh, with Tevin Coleman coming back, I think you got to ride those two. And uh, uh, also, you got, of course, you got to target Julio Jones. But the best way to keep that Saints run game intact, in my opinion, is to keep them off the field and ride Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman for at least half of, your, half of your snaps should be run plays or uh, pass plays to them. I couldn't agree, and that's a great point, David. When you're looking at it, you've got two fantastic, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now with Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, and yet this game is really about those running backs. Like you said, Freeman, Coleman's back, healthy again, dynamic duo in Atlanta that can run the football. The Saints have all been about running the football part of that resurgence along with the defense. And, you know, this is, you know, as you know ridiculous as it would have sounded at the beginning of the season, talking about Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, they're really secondary characters in this game, as hard as that is to believe. 
They most certainly are. The ground game and the, the ability of either defense to force a big play or a turnover, I think, will determine this game uh, for the most part. And when looking at the matchups, which individual matchup do you think will determine the outcome of this game the most? Oh, it's going to be the inside of that um, Saints offensive line trying to, you know, stop some of those big play run stoppers that they have in Atlanta. Atlanta's got veteran Dontari Poe. They've got Grady Jarrett, who showed what he can do in a big game in the Super Bowl against the Patriots last year. If those two can get into the backfield, disrupt the running plays, put New Orleans in second and third and long, that's going to be a huge key for Atlanta pulling off the win. I completely agree, and uh, that uh, is definitely the most important matchup of this game. But another important matchup, obviously, I believe the Saints will put Marshawn Lattimore on Julio Jones as much as they can. Uh, arguably the defensive rookie of the year going against Julio Jones. If he shuts down Julio Jones, that takes away uh, a large chunk of that passing game. And if Lattimore is able to contain Julio Jones, the Falcons will have a hard time putting the game away offensively. And uh, who do you have winning this game? It's it's going to come down to the wire. I have no doubt about that. Um, I've, I've flipped the coin about three times already on this game, and I decided finally going to take the Saints in a close one, 27-24 over the Falcons. I like the Saints 30-27. to It should be a very close game given all that is at stake in the playoff picture this game. And another game with a lot at stake playoff-wise, the Rams traveling to Music City to take on the Titans. And the Rams, with a win, they clinched their first NFC West division title since 2003. And the Titans need a win to keep a stranglehold on that wildcard playoff spot. And even though there is a lot of, at stake in this game, as I just mentioned, for both these teams, is this matchup somewhat of a mismatch, especially given the fact the way both these teams have been playing as of late? It really seems that way. That the Tennessee offense has has taken a nosedive of epic proportions lately. Um, you know, I really want to think with Tennessee at home, with that strong defense that they have, and possibly you know that strong secondary, they may be able to slow down the Rams a little bit. Maybe there's an emotional letdown by the Rams after such an emotional game against Seattle last week, and. Um, that Tennessee can make it a make it a closer game, and you know, remember they're fighting for their lives as well. Like we had talked about earlier, there's no lock that they're getting into the playoffs, and it's pretty much a must-win game for them as well. It most certainly is. And what do you think the Titans need the most in this game in order to pull out that big crucial victory? Uh, Marcus Mariota needs to step up and continue how he finished the last game. Even though they lost to San Francisco, he came back to life late in that game, led them on three straight scoring drives to close that out. Um, you know, they really need a wide receiver to step up in that offense. They've got tight end Delaney Walker. Rashad Matthews really isn't a number one, whether it's rookie Corey Davis, who's had a quiet season as the number five overall pick or veteran Eric Decker, who hasn't made the impact they expected in Tennessee, that offense is going to have to come to life, and it's got to be Marcus Mariota stepping up like he did in college to win and, this game. And to help Marcus Mariota achieve that goal, the interior of the Titans offensive line has got to contain Aaron Donald because he wreaked havoc last week against Russell Wilson. And if he wreaks havoc against Marcus Mariota, I don't see how the Titans win this game. 
No, if Aaron Donald takes over the game like he did against Seattle, I mean, he was just simply unblockable. I mean, he was in the backfield more than the running backs were for Seattle. I, You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a performance. You, you can count on one hand the kind of games that you see somebody disrupt the passing game, disrupt the running game. I know we've seen Vaughn Miller do it a few times. J.J. Watts had games like this as well, but it, it's it's not very often that you see that. And like you said, if, if he's doing that again on Sunday, um, Donald's going to be making a pretty easy game for the Rams that way. Most definitely. And who do you have winning this game? I do have the Rams winning. I think Tennessee is not going down without a fight. Um, I think their defense will be able to make some plays. Um, the secondary might stop a few drives, but the Rams have got too much. I look at uh, Cooper Cup having another big game and Rams 27, Titans 24. Yes, uh, the Titans' inability to cover in, in the secondary and in their linebacker core, I think, is going to be the uh, their nail in the coffin for this week, if not this season. And the Rams pull out a 27-23 to 23 victory. And that important game, as far as the NFC wildcard is concerned, the Seahawks and Cowboys, especially if the Falcons lose, both of these teams could have a leg up in the race headed into the final week. And looking at the Cowboys, you obviously have the return of Ezekiel Elliott this week, but Tyron Smith is pretty unlikely to play. And uh, you saw the la how the Cowboys fared with Tyron Smith out of the lineup against the Falcons, and it wasn't pretty. So what do you think will factor more in the outcome of this game as far as the Cowboys are concerned, the return of Zeke Elliott or the likely absence of Tyron Smith? Oh, I, I definitely think it's the absence of Tyron Smith. You know, Zeke Elliott, when Smith has been banged up, has not performed up to the standard. He's still going to have a little rust no matter how well-rested he is. Um, you know, being in Cabo or wherever he was uh, shooting movies this time. But for Dallas, it's all about that offensive line. They've built their entire offense around that offensive line. Um, whether Elliott back there or not, Prescott needs to have that blindside protected. And when it hasn't been, the offense doesn't even score in double digits in Dallas. Yeah, most definitely, and Frank Clark has to be licking his chops so he could have a very big game given the absence of Tyron Smith. They should uh, line him up against Byron Bell if Byron Bell gets the start at left tackle every single snap because I think he would win 9 out of 10 snaps against Byron Bell. Uh, I agree. Byron Bell has had a you know rough, rough time when he's been in there. Um, Frank Clark, it, it's really coming to the point where He's shown flashes this season of, of stepping up and stepping into his role as that lead pass rusher that Seattle needs. And this is a big game for him to show Seattle that he can be that man going forward as this defense ages. Absolutely, especially given the fact that Cliff Averill um, might be gone next year from Seattle. And a lot of their other uh, core defensive players over the years might be let go uh, for long-term uh consideration in the long-term building of that roster. Uh, and But looking at this game, uh, I think both offenses will get their fair share of uh, big plays and points, but I think it's what these two defenses do that is going to determine who wins this game. What do both teams have to do defensively in order to come out on top? It's going to come down to those on defense, that secondary stepping up and making plays, you know, for Seattle, can Shaquille Griffin step up and have a big game at, at cornerback against the Dallas wide receivers? 
And on the other side as well, for Dallas, their cornerbacks have got to be able to cover those receivers. Seattle doesn't have the big names that other teams have at wide receiver, but they have sneaky good players. And Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL, hands down. Some of those throws he makes are absolutely unbelievable. So for somebody like, you know, uh, the Cowboys safety, Byron Jones has got to stay back. Anthony Brown, at cor- the young cornerbacks, got to be on top of their game and not give up those big plays that tend to doom teams against Seattle. I agree. And who wins this game? This is another one. Boy, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I really, you know, am expecting Seattle to come back and pulse and you know i really want to pick seattle i really think russell wilson is is still in this mvp race as you know one of the most dynamic players in the league but i've got the cowboys taking it in a close one 24 23 i have the cowboys winning in a close one as well and he is hell bent ladies and gentlemen he covers the nfl and the new england patriots for cover32.com musketfire.com and scout media you can follow him on twitter at hellbent01 And Hal, we thank you so much once again for joining the program. But before we get into our final segment, I have some exciting news to bring to our listeners. I have been accepted to cover the Reese Senior Bowl this January. It is one of the most important events in the lead-up to the NFL draft every year. And uh, it got to be an even bigger spectacle uh, today as Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner, and in my opinion, the best quarterback talent in this draft class uh, will play in that game. I look forward to watching him in practices all week leading up to that game. And I will be down in Mobile all week bringing you nonstop coverage. So you should check out sportscrunch.com. We will be be posting video and audio content and written content all week long from Mobile as we give you an insider's look at how the 2018 NFL draft class is shaping up based on how the Senior Bowl unfolds. And Hal, you know the drill. We now move into a rapid fire segment in which we pick the rest of the games of this week 16 and we start with tomorrow's matchups starting with the Colts and Ravens I think we both agree that the Ravens uh, take this one don't you Def- oh definitely Indianapolis cannot risk get dropping out of the top three they need those draft picks next season so I've got the Ravens 19 to 12 I have the Ravens putting up more points. I think it's going to be more like a 23-10, 10 type game. The Minnesota Vikings could clinch a first-round bye against Brett Hundley and the Packers at Lambeau Field Saturday night. I think they do it. Do you? Definitely. I've got the Vikings 31-16 to in a game that looked a lot more interesting at the beginning of the season. Drafts. Speaking of draft slots, the Cleveland Browns, hoping to win a game in 2017, travel to face the Chicago Bears, arguably the NFC's version of the Cleveland Browns. Do you have the Browns winning their only game of the year this week? I think I've picked the Browns three or four times this year. I've got to go with them one more time. I don't want to see an 0-16 team. I've got the Browns 17-16 to going into Chicago to beat the Bears. I have the Browns winning that game as well. The Detroit Lions, if they win out and the Falcons lose uh, one or two games, they could very well be in the playoffs. Uh, The Lions against the Bengals. Who do you have there? 
I've got the Lions. It's a must-win game for them, like you uh, indicated. You know, I expect Cincinnati to come and fight, though. It is the last home game for Marvin Lewis, as head coach. But I've got the Lions pulling it out 24-13. to 13. I agree. Lions win that game. And for the record, if the Lions win out and the Falcons lose out, the Lions will get the final playoff spot in the NFC. And the Denver Broncos, uh, winners of two straight, traveling to Washington, D.C. to take on the Redskins and the guy who they hope will be their quarterback next year in Kirk Cousins. Who do you got in that game? I've got the Broncos. I don't know why they've been killing their draft pick spot, but that's a prideful defense there. Redskins are beat up beyond belief. I've got the Broncos 19 to 16 in Kirk Cousins last home game in Washington. I got the Broncos winning too, and I have them winning in a way that persuades Kirk Cousins to come join them uh, next year because all reports out of Denver indicate that they are prepared to go all in for Kirk Cousins once he hits the market. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs can wrap up the AFC West with a win at home over the Dolphins. Who do you got there? Close game, but the the Chiefs suddenly look scary again. I'm going to take the Chiefs 27-21 over a Miami team that, eh, what are they playing for? They already beat the Patriots this year. That's their Super Bowl. (laughs) I agree, and with the resurgence of Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is finally playing like the guy we saw in September. Uh, I think he keeps it up this week. He helps the Chiefs to their second consecutive division championship. The New England Patriots, your your beloved team, taking on the Buffalo Bills, who are desperate to end that lengthy playoff drought. There's still a chance they can do it, but I don't think they do it because I think they lose this game. Do you? It's hard to win in Foxborough. It's going to depend a lot on which version of Tyrod Taylor shows up for the Bills, but I think the Patriots are disciplined enough to pull out this game 30-16, to 16, pulling away in the second half. Absolutely, and I, and I could, you could bet that the New England Patriots are going to be all in these next two weeks as they try to wrap up home field advantage once again throughout the AFC postseason. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to MetLife to face the Jets. Who do you got there? Could be a trap game for the Chargers. There's a big letdown. You know, they're right on the edge of the playoff spot. The Jets, I don't know how they're going to pull out the win with Bryce Petty, but, you know, they're um, already at five wins, which has exceeded everybody's wildest dreams in New York. I'll take the Jets in the upset 24-22 to to end the Chargers season. I have the Chargers in this game, but you could very well be right, given the Chargers' reputation for blowing uh, such games. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they this might be a trap game for them as they travel to Santa Clara to take on red-hot Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers. I actually have the 49ers winning this game. What do you think? I did. I flipped back and forth. I believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been, you know, as you know, writing about the Patriots, we've been overanalyzing every preseason snap of his for the last four years, and he is the real deal. The question is, on the other side, do we start referring to Blake Bortles as Eli Flacco or Joe Manning? Which one <laughs> is he going to be this offseason? I at the last second, switched it to the Jaguars, 27-24 in a tough game against San Francisco. It's going to be a tough game, but I have the score to say, but I have it flipped, 49ers, 27-24. to uh, The Giants against the Cardinals in a ho-hum game in the afternoon. Uh, who do you have winning there? 
Yeah, I, I, the Cardinals are playing for Bruce Arians' job. You know, a 10-loss ten, ten season could doom him, even though it's the hardest that seems to believe with all the injuries they have there. But, you know, they're expecting a lot from that team. Um, I, I've got the Cardinals pulling it out over the Giants, 17-13. to 13. I have the Cardinals pulling it out as well. And on Christmas Christmas Day, the Steelers uh, try to rebound from that gut-wrenching loss against the Patriots. And even without Antonio Brown, I think they uh, get the elixir they need when they face the Texans in Houston. I think they come out with a relatively easy win. What do you think? You know, Pittsburgh this season has played down to their opponents too often. And this is... Uh, right position for a letdown game. I, I think they'll pull it out in the end, but I think it'll be a lot uglier and a lot closer than most people expect. I've got the Steelers 24 to 23 over the Texans. Oh, very, very good point. And last but not least, the Eagles can clinch home field advantage throughout the NFC postseason with a victory over the Raiders at home on Christmas night. Do you think they get it? I think they do. I think Nick Folk can do just enough to let the defense and running game take over the game. Um, interesting times coming up for Oakland. Is Jack Del Rio the right coach for this team? Who takes over the defense? What are they going to do at offensive coordinator in the postseason? There's a lot of questions for Oakland, who looked like a Super Bowl favorite coming into this season. So I've got the Eagles 27-19 over the Raiders. I have the Eagles as well, Hal, and once again, thank you very much for joining us yet again. It's a pleasure having you on week in and week out, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Merry Christmas, Hal. Thank you, David. Happy holidays to you as well, and uh, thank you as always. It's a pleasure to be on here with you. The pleasure is my, all ours, Hal, and that's all for today here on Sports Crutch with D. Crown. Be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog at sportscrutch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests. For Hale Bent, our producer Chris Broadhead, I'm David Cromwell saying so long, Merry Christmas, and of course, stay awesome.